ഫാ Respected, honored scholars, ulama, elders, beloved brothers. The ayat al-karimah that I have recited before you, Allah Rabbul Aizah in the most emphatic way makes mention that it is the collective aim of the forces of kufr and disbelief to extinguish the light of Allah on the face of this earth. And furthermore, Allah Ta'ala says, Wallahu mutimmu nuri walau kariha al-kafirun the plan of allah is the agenda of allah is he would save god his deen he will protect his deen walau kariha al-kafirun walau kariha al-mushrikun even if the kuffar dislike it even if the politicians dislike it and you would find that the enemies of islam you know they would claim to say that you know what We have no issue with the Muslim. We have no issue with the moderate Muslim. But we have an issue with the, with the radical Muslim. We have an issue with the fundamentalist Muslim. And we have an issue with the terrorist Muslim. Let us define these terminologies. Who is a radical Muslim in the eyes of the West? A radical Muslim is that Muslim who reflects the beautiful appearance of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam a fundamentalist muslim in the eyes of the west is that muslim who upholds the fundamentals of islam and a terrorist muslim are those muslims who echo the sentiments of jihad which ought to be inborn in every muslim so i swear by allah it is that alleged radical muslim that is a threat to the west it is that alleged radical muslim that is a threat to the west sayyid umar bin khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhu arda dispatches an army to egypt one day sitting on the pulpit and he receives a letter that the muslims are asking for reinforcement in the battle in egypt so sayyid umar he looks at the crowd and he points to three individuals 
He said, these three are the reinforcement. Which army did you hear when they're asking for a reinforcement? Would be three. What did Sayyidina Umar say? These three individuals resemble the life of the Nabi of Allah totally. If I replace them with 30,000, it could be of no avail. If I replace them with 30,000, it could be of no avail. My brothers, let us not become despondent. We all know what is happening currently in Gaza, what is happening in Palestine. Like the Arabic quote says, Abi al-Aqsa salami. Oh, my father, you're going to Masjid al-Aqsa. Convey my salams to the soil of Masjid al-Aqsa. Convey my salams to the people of Palestine and say to them, Ma mathat lawqutila shaheedu that those who die in the liberation of Al-Aqsa, they may be dead in the eyes of the world, but Wallahi, they are alive in the eyes of Allah. Let us not become despondent. Allah reminds us again and again in Quran, وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ اللَّهَ غَافِلًا أَمَّا يَعْمَلُ الظَّالِمُونَ Allah says not for one moment, not for one moment should you entertain the thought that Allah is unmindful of the atrocities of the evil people. Innama Whilst they release their missiles, what do they call it? Precision timing. We call it the clemency of Allah. They call it striking targets. We call it the grace and the tolerance of Allah. And let me remind you, my brothers, Allah's grace, Allah's tolerance knows no bounds. Never mind the grace Allah is giving them today. We learn close to Qiyamah when Ya'juj and Ma'juj will make their presence on this earth. This is not a time to envy. This is not a time to look forward to. The challenges of preserving Iman will be immensely great. Ya'juj and Ma'juj, they will kill every living creature on Mother Earth. And thereafter, they will direct the arrows to the skies. And they will say, we have killed the inhabitants of the earth. We now want to kill the dwellers of the skies. Allah's clemency knows no bounds. Allah will return those arrows stained with blood, falsely giving them the hope. My brothers, you and I come from, uh, you know, the apartheid system. Whether it took two, three, five decades, whatever it was. But ultimately in the system of Allah, ultimately in the planning of Allah, the system of apartheid had to be dismantled. In Hadith Qudsi, what does Allah Ta'ala say? Ya ibadi, inni harramtu dhulma ala nafsi, waj'altuhu baynakum muharraman fala tadalamu. Oh my servants, out of my sheer mercy, I have made oppression, exploitation, forbidden upon myself. Fala tazalamu, how dare you oppress? Kataba ala nafsihi rahma. Allah says, I have made compassion my trait and my quality. I made it incumbent upon myself. Just as a kind gesture to you, don't ever oppress in this world. You know, there's an incident recorded in the Kitabs. There was an elderly woman living on a farm. And the only source of income that she had, she had a cow. She used to milk the cow and feed the little kids with the milk of the cow. There was a tyrant ruler at that time was passing by with his entourage. He sees this cow, snatches this cow, slaughtered the cow, roasted the cow. Naturally, this woman was perturbed and disturbed. 
someone told her that tomorrow the king will be passing by on that bridge. Make known to him your concern. If he hears you out well and good, if not, that is the condition of a tyrant ruler. This elderly woman the next day stands on this bridge and as this king is coming with his entourage, she looks at him and she says, I have one question to ask you. I have one question to ask you. Do you want to settle me on this bridge or do you want to settle me on the bridge of Sirat? Do you want to settle me on this bridge or do you want to settle me on the bridge of Sirat? My brothers, we need to understand Allah has not made this world a place where justice will be meted out. Neither has Allah kept in the capacity of this world for justice to be meted out. Neither has Allah made this world a place where the happenings will determine victory or defeat. If this world determines, if the happenings of the world determine victory or defeat, Allah would not have allowed the hands of Abdullah bin Ja'far to be severed in the battlefields of Muta. Allah said, this is the world. Some will be given victory, some will be raised, some will be dropped. Hussein radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, the beloved grandson of the Nabi of Allah, two, three moments before his assassination, he calls his little child Abdullah. He picks up this child, about to embrace this child, cuddle the child, kiss the child. Just then there's a stray arrow that comes and enters the neck of this little baby, separating the head from the body. You look at visuals and footage, it makes me cry, it makes you cry. But let us remind ourselves, before you become victims of a psychological despondency, which in essence is the object of the media, let us put things into perspective and understand the words of my Allah, inna yawm al-fasli the day of Qiyamah will see that justice will prevail. The day of Qiyamah will see that justice will prevail. Let them take the life of one. Let them take the life of 20,000. Let them take the life of 100,000. But amongst those, they are the friends of Allah. You know Hajjad bin Yusuf, that notorious bloodshedder. Scholars and ulama have written, conservatively, Hajjad bin Yusuf, he killed and murdered nothing less than 120,000 people. 120,000 people. When he died, somebody had seen him in a vision and a dream. And they asked him, Ma fa'alallahu bik. Oh, Hajjaj, how did you fare before the Almighty Allah? What did he say? In lieu of every killing that I perpetrated or indicated, Allah made me taste the pain and the agony time. Every person that I killed, Allah made me taste the pain and the agony of death one time. Make no mistake, when you shower that arrow, you send that, that bomb, and so many civilians go, amongst a thousand is one friend of Allah. What did Hajjaj bin Yusuf tell this man? In his dream, he said for killing Sa'id ibn Jubair, Allah said, Sa'id ibn Jubair was my friend. Hajjaj, you will not die once, you will die 70 times. You will not die once, you will die 70 times. Study the oppression of Fir'aun. Who was Fir'aun? Bayezid Bustami has written that Fir'aun, not a day in his life, did he ever experience a headache. 
That was the perpetual affluence that Allah had given him. What happened to Fir'aun? When did he die? Like, well, Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi, the great giant, the great scholar. You know, I always say, we have not studied the language of Quran. You have barred yourself from volumes of Islamic knowledge. Well, Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi writes in the Arabic language, the death of Fir'aun. What does he write? Mata Maliku Misra, Ba'idan an Arshihi, Ba'idan an Sultanihi, La Tabibun Yutawi, Wala Sadiqun Yuwasi, Wala Aynun Tabaki, Tyrant, arrogant ruler Fir'aun. Where does he die? In the center of the ocean, far away from his dominion, far away from his kingdom. There is no doctor to treat him. There is no friend to pacify him. There isn't an eye to shed a tear on his deaths. My brothers, where will you die? Where will I die? Homes have become deserted. Qabristans are full. You know when Sayyidina Abu Bakr passed on, Sayyidina Umar the giant radiallahu ta'ala anhu arda sang some couplets. When this is the crisis of the Palestinian Ummah, when this is the global crisis, as Muslims, what lessons are we taking? Like the Urdu poet says, You can stand up the entire night and praise the Nabi of Allah, and rightfully so. No matter how much we praise him, we can never do justice. But at the time of Fajr, my brother, if you cannot flip that blanket and respond to the call of Allah, where will Allah's help come? A intelligent one is the one who eats the happy. So like I was saying, Abu Bakr, he sang some couplets at the demise of Abu Bakr. Uh, Sayyidina Umar sang some couplets. What did he say? Those whom we loved and we cherished, those who are our spiritual mentors, they have left this world. Sayyidina Umar addresses this dunya at the demise of Abu Bakr. He said, oh dunya, just as I bid farewell to Abu Bakr today, I equally bid farewell to your comforts and your luxuries. And then what did he say? Inni he says, I was suckled by Abu Bakr. My example is like that child who is suckled by his mother. And the mother instantly passes away. And the child has to be weaned off. He said, I was suckled by Abu Bakr. And what did Sayyidina Umar say? Jazuh, it is better for you to sympathize on the tragedy of your brother than to remain silent. And it is better for you to remain silent on your own tragedy than to moan and groan. Study the oppression of Fir'aun. Fir'aun ordered the massacre of children across the board. Musa was not born. And somebody comes to him and he said, Fir'aun, a child would be born and you will lose your kingdom in the hands of that young man. They say from that day, that was a different Fir'aun. A man is living a flamboyant lifestyle. You go to the doctor, you get a pain, you're diagnosed with sickness. May Allah protect us. That's the end of joy. That is the end of happiness. I mean, our definition of the example of that I always give. Like they say, this man was sitting on the seaside and relaxing. Somebody comes to him. Why are you wasting your time? What do you expect me to get up and get a job? Get a job and do what? That you can buy the home of your dreams. And then what? That you could buy the car of your dreams. And then what? Then you could travel across the globe. And then what? Then you can buy a villa and relax on the seaside. He said, well, my brother, I'm already enjoying that. 
I'm already enjoying that. You want me to go through the challenges of life. I mean, one is you and I. The dog barks on the outside. It disturbs my sleep. And one is that man who owns nothing of this world. He sleeps beneath the tree. He enjoys that, enjoys that divine sleep. You tell me who is rich and who is poor. Wallahu ja'ala lakum min buyutikum sakana. You want to run to Niagara Falls, Victoria Falls. If your own, your own home is not giving you that comfort, you will never get this any, des, any destination on the globe. Fir'aun, he orders the massacre of children across the board. That was one crime. Again, in his foolish notion to alter the system and the planning of Allah. Musa salam comes into this world. 600,000 magicians accept the message of Nabi Musa salam. They bring Iman on the Lord of Nabi Musa salam. They are out for a second time. He orders the massacre of children across the board. If you open Ibn Majah, page 291, listen to this narration. There was a slave man, silly, there was a man in the time of Fir'aun. His name was Hispil. His name was Hispil. He accepted Islam. And together with him, his wife also accepted Islam. I gave you the reference, Ibn Majah, page 291. You will find the narration there and other hadith kitabs. So one day, the wife of Ispail, she was combing the hair of the daughter of Fir'aun. So as she was combing the hair, the comb falls down. And she picks up the comb and she says, Ta'isa Fir'aun. What a dictator Fir'aun is. What a oppressor Fir'aun is. Fir'aun's daughter tells this woman, you call my father a dictator? You call him an oppressor? She said, your father is indeed is a dictator. Allah by his own admission says that Fir'aun was a dictator. Not my definition or your definition. The Pharaohs of that time, they killed the boys and they left the girls. Allah forbid the Pharaohs of today are killing both the boys and the girls. This woman was brought into, into the court of Pharaoh. Pharaoh looks at her. Marrabbuk, who is your Lord? She says, my Lord is Allah and is your Lord. Ilahad al-Had, in front of me you deny my divinity. She says, I believe in one Allah. I believe in one Allah, he is your Lord. Fir'aun says, no problem. He calls his guards and he said, do me a favor. Light a fire and burn this woman alive. But before you burn her alive, bring her children and burn her children before her eyes. These little children were taken and thrown into this fire. This woman was burnt alive centuries later when my Nabi ascends on the journey of Mi'raj. He comes to a certain place. He said, Ya Jibreel, What is this brilliant fragrance I get coming from this grave? What did Jibreel say? That is the grave of the slave of Fir'aun who died whilst giving her life for Allah. Next to her is a husband and next to her are her children. Decades pass when my Nabi's conveyance ascends to the heavens. He gets the brilliant fragrance coming, you know, from, uh, you know, from the grave of the slave of Fir'aun. My brothers, let me tell you, this has been the deception of the disbeliever from time immemorial. It happens today. It will happen till the end of time. And this is still the current happenings of Gaza. What is happening in Palestine is still the deception of the Kafir. When the Muslim leaders will be assassinated, when Muslim leaders will be assassinated, that will be the end of Islam. This particular theory 
finds its roots from the very beginning in the battle of Uhud when the rumor was circulated that Allah's Nabi passed on Mus'ab bin Umair who resembled the features of the Nabi of Allah when he passed on on the battlefield the kuffar seized this opportunity and they passed a false rumor to echo a message of psychological defeat to the minds and the hearts of the Muslims can you well imagine in the midst of the battle the news comes that the Nabi of Allah has passed on. Certain Sahaba get sight of the Nabi of Allah, Abu Dujana, Talha, Zubair bin Awam. And as the arrows were being showered, they formed a human wall around the Nabi of Allah. And they were taking the arrows on the backs, defending and protecting the Nabi of Allah. When they realized they could not assassinate the Nabi of Allah, what did the Kuffar say? Let's wait for this man to die. Once this prophet dies, that will be the end of Islam. Allah gave two answers in Quran. If Muhammad dies, are you going to live forever? Allah says, very well, you will journey onwards. And together with you, every person will journey onwards. Let me tell you, let me remind you, my brothers, there has not been another nation that has been more merciless to its prophets than the Yahoods who poisoned the food of the Nabi of Allah other than a Yahudi woman. They invited him for a meeting. He sits in the meeting, Jibreel comes down. Oh Muhammad, they're about to drop a bowl on your head, move out of there. The narration of Abu Ubaidah ibn Jarrah, ibn Abi Hatim has recorded this. He says the Yahud assassinated three Anbiya on one day. 43 Anbiya on one day and 175 servants that invited them towards Allah. Let them take the life of one, let them take the life of two. We see footage, it makes me cry, it makes you cry. Like I said, it will make any person cry. But before you become a victim of the psychological despondency, which in essence is the object of the media, we need to understand Allah will create certain servants of his that will stand on the front line. My brothers, when this is the global crisis of the Ummah, this internal bickering and fighting, my scholars arrive, this one is wrong. Like one Urdu quote says it so beautifully. He says today, this Muslim is calling that one a kafir. This Muslim is calling that one a munafiq. He said the only people that are calling Muslims Muslims today are non-Muslims. The only people that are calling Muslims Muslims today are non-Muslims. Let them take the life of Allahu Akbar. You know the battle of Khandaq. In the fifth year after the migration of the Nabi of Allah, in the midst of the battle, we all know about this battle. My brothers study our Islamic history. In the midst of the battle, Nabi Ali Salam is sitting with his companions. Midst of the battle, one man stands up. May you barizuni. Who is ready to take me on? Who is ready to take me on? Ali bin Abi Talib, the giant, stands up. And he said, O oh, Nabi of Allah, I will take this man on. Nabi Ali Salam said, Ali, Ijlis innahu Amar. Ali said, down. This is Amar, whose strength is equal to 40 men. Ali said, down. This man stands up again. May you barizuni. Who is ready to take me on? Ali bin Abi Talib stands up. I will take this man on. Nabi Ali Salam said, Ali, sit down. This is Amar, whose strength is equal to 40 men. He stands up a third time. May you barizuni, who is ready to take me on? But now he stirs the Muslims. Allah 
ways that paradise your people speak about. If you're martyred, you go to paradise. Wallahi, those who, I read an article not too long ago, 97% of the youth of Palestine have seen the massacre of Emir and Jia one in front of their eyes. So Ali bin Abi Talib, he said, Oh, Nabi of Allah, this man is provoking me. Let me take him on. Nabi Ali Salam grants him permission. Study this. Ali bin Abi Talib steps forward. He mounts onto his horse while thousands die in Palestine. We are the youth of the Ummah. Where is the Ummah today at the time of Fajr? And we wonder where is the help of Allah coming? It's time the Ummah come back to Allah. Abandon a life of sin. Abandon a life of sin. Allah will grant this Ummah victory. Ali bin Abi Talib mounts on his horse. This Kafir Amr looks at Ali bin Abi Talib. He said, what is your name? He said, my name is Ali. Are you the son of Abdul Manaw? He says, no, I'm the son of Abu Talib. He said, Ali, I don't want to finish you up. Ali looks at him and he said, I'm thirsty for your blood. I am thirsty for your blood. Ali bin Abi Talib dismounts from his horse like flames of fire. Like flames of fire. And then couplets, man. Couplets. In the midst of the battle, Ali bin Abi Talib is singing couplets in the midst of the battle. What does he say? لا تَعْجِلَنَّ فَقَدْ أَتَاكَ مُجِيبُ صَوْتِكَ غَيْرُ فَائِزِ Oh, Amr, stop your arrogance. The one to respond to your bravery is here today. I stand up with total conviction on Allah. He said, Oh, Amr, I will finish you off in such a way that this will serve as a remembrance in every battle that is fought right up to the day of Qiyam. Long story short, Ali bin Abi Talib dismounts from his horse. Amr takes out his sword. He strikes Ali bin Abi Talib on the head. Nabi Ali Salam falls in sajda. The dust rises. The scene is vague. Nabi Ali Salam raises his gaze. He looks at Ali bin Abi Talib. Ali bin Abi Talib recites the takbir. He praises Allah. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. He takes out his sword. And in one blow, he takes off the head of Amr. In the midst of the battle, what message did Ali bin Abi Talib give the Ummah? That message was not for the Sahaba. What did he say? Wala not for one moment should you entertain the thought Allah will abandon his deen nor desert his prophets. Allah will rise up certain people in this ummah. In the last 30 years, my brothers, we have seen the invasion of Iraq. We have seen the invasion of Afghanistan. The Palestinian crisis still continues. Allah alone knows. Let me then leave you, leave you with these words. On a Friday, we normally read Surah Kahf. In the concluding verses of the Surah, Allah Ta'ala makes mention of an incident of Khidr salam and Musa salam. We all know the narrative Khidr and Musa. So Musa salam and Khidr, they come to this locality and there was a wall that was about to collapse. And Khidr salam strengthened, he straightens the wall. And the people of that locality, they were not hospitable. So Musa salam interjects and he tells Khidr, that, you know, we came to this locality, people were not hospitable, and on the reverse, you should have allowed this wall to collapse. Why did you straighten the wall? At the point of separation, Khidr salam discloses the wisdom as to why he had straightened this wall. My brothers, whilst you and I are concerned 
what would happen to my children the day I die? I think it is high time we need to ask ourselves the question, what would happen to my children the day they die? Every father today is concerned, what would happen to my children the day I die? Every one of us needs to ask ourselves the question, what would happen to my children the day they die? What was beneath this wall? Khidr tells Musa that the reason as to why I straightened this wall, Allah instructed me to straighten this wall. There was a treasure that was buried beneath this wall that belonged to two orphans. The father was a pious man and there was a treasure that is buried beneath this, two orphans, beneath this wall which belonged to two orphans. What was this treasure that was buried beneath this wall? Open Madari Kutanzil, if you open the footnotes of Jalalain, what was this treasure? It wasn't the wealth of this world. It was a plate of gold on which the following advisors by the father were engraved. Like we will say, write this in gold. The father leaves behind not the wealth of this world. He leaves behind one plate of gold on which the following advisors were engraved. And I leave you with these words. What was engraved on this plate of gold? I find it totally astonishing, I find it strange that a person believes the intaqdeer and predestination yet he grieves over the loss of this world. He said, I find it strange that a man believes that Allah is the sole sustainer, yet he grieves over the loss of this world. He says, I find it astonishing. A man believes that he's going to meet his creator, but he leads a life totally heedless and oblivious. We've entered the homes of Jarazas. People couldn't be bothered what's burning on the stove. My brother, from that very sitting room, your janazah is going to leave. How many more janazahs we need to see? What does he say? I know, you know very well you're going to meet the Almighty Allah, but you still live a lie totally heedless and oblivious. When this is the global crisis, when this is the global crisis of the Ummah, as Muslims, what left? My brothers, I leave you with these words. I was in Australia a few weeks back. I was attending a conference on Palestine, the land of Sham. And you know, normally when we deliver these talks, you know, you, you know, you do a survey and perhaps each and every one of us needs to internalize what I'm going to ask you. How many of us have been on, on Hajj? Perhaps 20% of the crowd. How many of us have been on Umrah? Maybe 50, 60%. From those of us that are sitting and those that are listening over the airwaves of Radio Islam, how many, of us, how many of us have been to Masjid Al-Aqsa? And really it's an indictment. When my Nabi was about to leave this world, he said, Ameen to the dua of Nabi Suleiman salam. Suleiman salam when he built Masjid Al-Aqsa, the three famous duas that he made. One dua was, Oh Allah, that person who visits this masjid, let him return from this journey like the day his mother had given birth to him. Totally sinless. Let him return like the day his mother had given birth to him. Suleiman said, I am optimistic that dua of mine will be accepted by the Almighty Allah. Nabi Ali Salam, towards the latter part of his life, he said, Ameen to the dua of Nabi Suleiman Ibn Umar, 
Radhi the son of Sayyid Umar bin Khattab used to journey from Medina Munawwara to Masjid Al-Aqsa without drinking a sip of water. He used to journey back to Mecca just to get the reward. What did my Nabi say? Man ahalla bihajjin aw umratim min Masjid Al-Aqsa ila Masjid Al-Haram wajabat lahu al-jannah. That person who dawns the ihram for either hajj or umrah and you perform hajj or umrah for Masjid Al-Aqsa. My Nabi said, I give you my word. I will hold your hands. I will walk you into Jannah. We sit with our children. You know, we have a heart to heart. My son, Mr. Adri, one brother told me, Nana, you know what? I bought a cell phone for my son thinking I will impress him. I will surprise him. I come home. I said, my boy, you know, there's a cell phone for you. He looks bad. You know what? The latest the iPhone 15. I don't want this. You know, we speak about having a heart to heart with our children. My son complains, my daughter complains. Take our children, go to Masjid Al-Aqsa. Let them see the plight of the Palestinian Ummah. Wallahi, my brothers, like I said in the beginning, I leave you with these words again. Abi Al-Aqsa Salami. Those who die in the liberation of Masjid Al-Aqsa, Wallahi, they may be dead in the eyes of the world. But wallahi, they're alive in the eyes of Allah. May Allah liberate Masjid Al-Aqsa. May Allah Ta'ala make it easy for the Palestinian Ummah. You know, those who have died, may Allah Ta'ala grant them the reward of martyrdom. Those that are standing on the front line, may Allah Ta'ala reward them. They're fulfilling that responsibility of the entire Muslim Ummah. My brothers, bring some change into our life. Bring some change into our life. Show Allah that commitment, that sin that you have persistent for years on end. Perhaps one brother give up zina, another youngster give up music. Show Allah that commitment. Like I always say, there's a fire of sin that is crossing the world. We don't welcome a man with another match, but we welcome any person with any quantity of water to extinguish that fire. Like they say in English, no one is sinless. Each and every one of us can make a concerted effort to sin less. Allah grant us the understanding.